You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. This is the Apex Nutrition Podcast on Mountain Bike Radio. I'm Ben Welnick, and with me is Kelly Jennings. Kelly? Good morning. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. It's, um, as usual, pretty early, so, and... And episode, I overslept, so <laughs> so I apologize. But anyhow, we're getting this done. And um, so we're back, as usual, with great information. Um, if you have any questions for Kelly, um, feel free to ask. You can shoot me an email, ben at mountainbikeradio.com or kelly at apexnutritionllc.com. And that's K-E-L-L-I at apexnutritionllc.com. Um, yep. Today's episode we're going to be is titled... Five ways to minimize the effects of endurance training and racing or racing. Um, and what we're going to talk about, obviously, is the five ways to do that with nutrition. And um, before we get started, just want to remind people to head over to two things. Head over to mountainbikeradio.com. That'll find a whole listing of all the shows. Um, there's tons of episodes, which you can go, go to the homepage and right on there, is a whole listing of recent episodes or and rather go over to apex nutrition sorry it's few right i always mess that up now it's new right um but you can go to apex nutrition llc.com that'll take you yeah. to uh, kelly's website yeah um, that's right and uh they'll take you to fuel right blog it'll take you to there's you can buy a bunch of nutrition plans she has instant downloads 15 to 60 dollars um, then there's custom nutrition plans starting at only like a hundred bucks or 120 bucks. Um, there's all kinds of stuff there. Great information, recipes, um, anything you could want. She has some, some new eBooks she created. Um, one we'll have in a later episode uh, about injury recovery through nutrition. Uh, she has comprehensive nutrition plan eBook for only 40 bucks. She has a fuel right smoothie cleanse five cycle combo it's called that's for 60 bucks so you download it and you have like everything you would get from a um any other nutri- you know paying some other other nutrition person to help you out and you get a deal yeah. um and actually she also has a leadville 100 so anybody leadville 100 racers out there she has a a custom specific leadville 100 nutrition plan for 20 bucks that's yeah, it. we even go through the course on all those um, like specific race ones. I'm going through the course and telling people, you know, where good times to grab bottles are, yeah. and not, you know, things that are very specific to that. And that one has a lot to do with high altitude too. Okay, cool. And so, actually, one yeah. of the last episodes, the last episode, because we'll post this one next. Um, we actually talked about ways you can help yourself with nutrition, uh, fight the effects of altitude. So yeah, go back and listen to that episode. Anyhow, yes. it's enough for uh, me jabbering with all the announcements. But I just want to make sure because, like I say every time, we have all these new listeners. Um, and I want to get all the information in the beginning because then you can be like, well, who is this lady? Who are you? What is this all about? So now you know. So Now you know. <laughs> all right. So let's and talk about – what's that? I was going to say one other thing. You know, you said if, if people have questions. The other thing I – always love to hear is if anyone has um episode ideas i'd love to talk about what you all want to hear about too um so 
so yeah, shoot those over whenever um, you have them as well. Okay. So this episode, like I said, five ways to minimize the effects of endurance training and racing. So what do we got for that? Yes. And specifically as far as effects, the damage of endurance training. Oh, yes. You know. Sorry, I left that important little word. <laughs> we, don't wanna, yeah. we don't want to minimize the good effects of it. Right, um, right. But, you know, I say that just because a lot of times, you know, as the season wears on and people become start becoming fatigued, sometimes overtrained, sometimes just kind of broken down. Like I, I think a good place mindset-wise to start is that our bodies do uh, suffer from some damage from long-term endurance training. I'm not convinced. And, and you got to understand that I love endurance training. Like that's completely – or endurance riding, I should say, even if I'm not training personally for a race, just overall endurance riding. riding. I, I like to go for long periods of time. And so it's not – I'm not coming down on endurance like we should all just be doing sprints. But that said, I'm not convinced that the human body is made for long periods of endurance training without suffering some effects. You know, I've talked to a lot of my clients and there's um, – about the fact that, you know, exercise in general usually makes you healthier – right? You know, we eat well, we exercise, keep our body weight down, all of that. And, and it's healthier than being sedentary. But at some point you kind of cross over the line of no longer making yourself healthier and you start to kind of tear your body down. Would you agree with that then? Or? I absolutely agree. It's yeah. not, um, it's not healthy. <laughs> not healthy. <laughs> it's really not. I mean, you think right. it's one of those things where it's the same as anything else, everything in moderation, right? Well, and endurance stuff, endurance training, riding, running, training yeah. or not, it's not moderation. It's not. And it's it's not healthy. And it doesn't make it something that – there's lots of things that aren't the healthiest thing ever and they're still okay to want to do. It's mm-hmm. just – what I'm saying is that like it's it's a good place for us to, to start and agree that there's going to be damage and it's not healthy. And so a lot of times what I find my job is – Especially for someone who's not doing like a, you know, one long endurance race a year, but every race they do is a longer one. What, what I feel like my job is, is to like minimize the damage then, knowing that there's going to be damage. So, you know, just I usually try to make that clear to clients too. Like you are going to feel the effects of this. Joints do hurt. You know, like the body breaks down. That, that's just what it is. Um, and thank goodness for the off season in between. But this one, we're going to quickly go through five ways to minimize the damage. And so some of these are going to be a little bit broad, but I will try to pinpoint like the most important aspect of each of the five because I hate just giving you broad things. Um, but that's kind of the nature of this one too. So I, five ways to minimize that damage. I hear smoothie coming <laughs> with ginger. All, right. Actually, the, uh, all five of them will put together at the end into a nice little smoothie. Okay, sweet. <laughs> it's the five ways smoothie. All right. Well, everything I do is a smoothie. It feels like okay. Oh no, that's I good love though. Them. So I'm, yeah, and that brings up a good point. So people, new listeners, you're like, what the hell are they talking about? Uh, yeah. Um, just go to her website, so apexnutritionllc.com, and that's the easy way. And she has, like I said, a whole plan. Like, there's a smoothie cleanse plan. Yeah. And there's like all kinds of stuff there so just anyhow. type smoothie into any search <laughs> engine and there i will be <laughs> yeah smoothie kelly jennings and she will be there all right so all right five ways yes the first one is to um is to not skimp on training nutrition now i know that this is hugely broad but 
even when you're, especially I should say, when you're used to going for long periods of time, sometimes whenever you do shorter training sessions, you start skimping because your body is trained well enough to take on like a two hour ride without even thinking about it. Um, so what I want to say here is that it's important to still make sure you're giving yourself nutrients before and, you know, at the two hour mark or more during, even though you might feel okay, those sort of things start to, um, add up during a season whenever you skip them. Also keep in mind that whatever you give yourself for fuel during, um, uh, you know, an intense training or two hour training or more affects your recovery. It takes a little while to digest things, to metabolize things. So what you eat during that last half hour is probably more for recovery nutrition than it is for training nutrition during. So if you can kind of get that mindset that you want to just stay on top of this, and I know it's tedious, and I know sometimes you just need to get out the door and you're short on time and you don't, all that sort of stuff. But if you can have things ready and kind of get your system down where you're always hydrating and giving yourself electrolytes and giving yourself carbs when it's two hours or more, you will help your body continually recover and feel okay. So before and during, and we, you know, we'll talk about this, but in all of these, we've done podcasts on every one of these topics as well. Um, you want to, to hit those hourly goals during and give your body nutrients during. That makes sense. The second one then goes with that, and that's to not skimp on recovery then. A lot of times this becomes um, another thing. It's just a time crunch. It's just whether or not you're prepared all the time to have something um, afterwards. At the same time, I'd, I'd like to say it doesn't have to be that complicated with recovery. It doesn't have to be a commercial product. It doesn't even have to be a smoothie. <laughs> You've heard it here. You don't have to have yeah. a smoothie afterwards. If you just get home and you have nothing prepared and you grab yourself a banana and some peanut butter. <laughs> that is something. You think carbs, think protein right away. Anytime you've trained for, um, you know, two hours or more, this probably, this needs to be something that's set apart from your meals, something as soon as possible. I do like liquids here because they, again, when you're thinking of the timeline of how long it takes, you know, it has to get to your stomach and it has to be broken down and then to your intestines and, you know, from there to your liver and then into your bloodstream and then into your muscles. This isn't you know, instantaneous. So when you're thinking in that, um, along that timeline, and then we just talked not too long ago about the recovery window, that there is good information out there and good studies that do show that first 30 minutes and especially that first two hours are important for recovery. Just grab something. If you can do liquids, that's even better. But if you can't, just grab something and eat it that has carbohydrates, that has protein. Along with that, and this goes with the longer training sessions, if you're skipping a meal due to that you're training during that meal, so let's say you go from like 10 to 2 or something like that, a big mistake I see people make a lot is to not make up that meal. So they might have like a small re recovery afterwards and then maybe a snack and then they're starving at dinner. And then they overeat, you know, this is like six hours later now or five hours later and they're starving in that huge hunger kind of lasts the next day and, um, and continues to get worse. You want the, the best nutrients for you are closer to the time whenever you've just trained. So when I work with clients, I have them get in the habit of making up any meal they've missed. And so it feels like a lot of food right away because you have like a recovery drink, let's say, and then within that first hour have lunch that you missed. And then you have your afternoon snack. And that seems like a lot, I know. But then by the time dinner comes along, you can kind of be back to normal. And especially when I'm working with clients who are also trying to like get down to a race weight, 
um, that helps us to keep that evening meal kind of lighter because you're not starving because you already gave yourself everything you needed as far as recovery and then the meals. When you skip meals, that lasting hunger can just kind of last 24 hours, 48 hours, um, and you wonder why. But here you are, not only were you on your bike that whole time, and you're usually, you're going to always be in a deficit whenever you're training. We never make up all of those calories during training or even with recovery afterwards. So not only did you create a deficit, but then you didn't even give yourself all the meals you would have on a normal day. So don't skip those meals. So that makes, totally makes sense. And I realized a couple of weeks ago, I don't know when it was, but sometime before they did the Breck 32, which was uh, two weeks ago, um, that I had spent, so like April, May, part of June, like I was just run, like, I don't know if it was a fact of just being on a single speed for the first time and like it was just catching up to me. I was just running yeah. out, you know, like I just wasn't feeling okay and always tired and just the function of everything going on. But the same time, it was maybe a week or two before that race. I, there was a couple times where, you know what? I'm really hungry. Like I just, I was just really hungry. I was just like, yeah. I could tell my body was craving like something, right? So right. I went to the store. I got some noodles of some, like just some pasta noodles or whatever, because I was going to make some. And for some reason, like I don't, we don't eat a ton of pasta, but it was, we usually eat rice and all kinds of other stuff, but pasta is just never, just nothing. But I sat down, I had like a whole huge bowl of like noodles <laughs> and sauce, some uh-huh. cheese, like, and since then that, like I did that again, actually, because after that, my point was, is that like it seems like I was just cra- like I was just missing like two big like I don't know cheat meals you want to call it uh-huh. but then I was like back on track so now yeah I'm not, like now look you know once a week or something since I've like said okay you know what that big bowl of pasta like I'm craving it for a reason and it just gets you back on track yeah I, I think that craving is often- related but um, it, yeah it does and I, I you know um what what I see happen a lot is um clients have, you know, their races or kind of bigger training on the weekend, let's say Saturday and Sunday. And when they don't make this, that meal up, I mean, it have, it's all the time. If you train early, a lot of times people will have like a pre-training smoothie or whatever, and then kind of miss breakfast. And the pre-training smoothie doesn't fully make up for a normal breakfast and snack that they would have had. So like I said, it's like a double whammy. Not only are you in a deficit because of your training, but now you're taking away meals that you would have had on any normal day. So, so you're in such a deficit. Um, so whenever they skip those, cause they don't want to like double up on meals later, they will, I have one client who had caught the hunger, the hungry monster. It was always last like Monday and Tuesday, <laughs> you know, it's just a severe hunger. And, um, and he was someone who maintained a very lean race weight. You know, he wasn't in the process of losing more, but maintaining that's not easy. Um, so he didn't want to eat a whole lot, but, but when we add back those meals, close to the time of training, usually you're going to see better recovery. You're not going to gain weight most times and you're not going to suffer through that just lasting hunger. Um, yeah. And I think you're right. Whenever you're craving something, I've, I've been there too. And I think the three month mark of heavy training often seems to be when all these damaging things kind of hit all at once. That's when people, and I think the mental fatigue a lot of times is a sign of physical fatigue. Like, you know, that point where you're just like, I just want to take my bike and like throw it in front Mm -hmm. of a car or something. Like you're just tired, Um, which is, you know, 
it's always good to take a step back when you feel like that. Um, but it seems like that three month mark a lot of times is, is when it starts getting tough. Um, and when you've got a long distance race at the end of that in August or, you know, it's tough to kind of get through that and all of these things add up. So, so yeah. Um, number three is to take anti-inflammatories and antioxidants seriously. Um, you know, it's easy, especially because I like to talk about them in real food terms instead of supplements. A lot of times clients, you know, if they say, just give me pills, like they'll take that daily. But if I talk about ginger, turmeric, or undenatured whey, or things like that in real food, it's easy to kind of think, oh, well, I'll get those whenever I have my stir fry, like the ginger, but it's not something I'm doing daily. But these things can really help. And so, um, you know, we've had, we've talked about superfoods in the last set that we did. Again, we did, I think, the five top um, superfoods everyone should have in their kitchen. And I Mm -hmm. think it turned into like eight by the time we were done. But either way. coffee was in there. Yeah, coffee was in there. (laughs) But yeah, we had other five. We added more. Um, When I talk about ginger, you know, I, I talk to clients about either eating it daily through fresh ginger, um, ground ginger or a supplement, but it is an eat it daily sort of thing. The the ones that stand out to me that um, are important to take all the time are ginger is one. Um, and that's a daily thing. And that will help with muscle soreness, with um, joint soreness. Also, if they become injured, it can help with um, improving healing and reducing pain. Um, there are studies that show ginger being, you know, post-surgery, not like not right during the surgery right after, but as someone's healing, as ginger being as effective as pain medication for, um, for those people who had just undergone surgery. So ginger is kind of like my favorite one to use. Turmeric, which is, um, you know, used in a lot of curries and stuff is another one. And you can get those pills. Um, fish oil is the other one that I, that I talk about a lot. Um, if you take that supplement, try to do it consistently through the season. And the whole thing with fish oil, um, specifically is that just reduces, um, the amount of hormones your body makes that are pro-inflammatory. So, you know, anti-inflammatory hormones and pro-inflammatory hormones are always kind of, you know, antagonists are at battle in your body. And so fish oil reduces the production of those pro-inflammatory hormones. And those have a lot to do with um, general fatigue and just not healing very well and, you know, inflamed muscles and inflamed systems in your body. So that's kind of a whole body type of thing. Mm-hmm. But take those seriously. And the more you do so, you know, again, it catches up to you at the end usually. Yeah. Um, so instead of being the one dragging ass in August, you're, yeah. you're still ready to go. You're the least dragging ass in August. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and so with that as well, you know, staying on top of those is just to stay on top of daily eating. We've kind of covered supplements and hydration. That's another thing. It is, you know, August is tough too because end of July, August, because it's hot. It's hot where we live anyway. Um, you know, it's, it's hot in most places in August. And hydration, you know, there's a lot of, I don't know if you, I don't know if it's a debate, but it does seem like it, like people kind of backing off on, oh, you don't need to be that hydrated anymore. You know, the whole waterlogged thing. We talked, we touched on this a little bit before too. Um, I'm still very much a fan after reading what there is to read out there. I'm still very much a fan of staying on top of hydration daily and, you know, when training. I, I, I still believe that dehydration has a very significant effect on performance and um, whenever you start training or start a race in a dehydrated state, 
you only got down to go. You're never going to make up hydration. So staying on top of daily hydration, and I'm not talking about like super hydrating yourself, but I'm talking about, you know, 64 to 80 ounces a day or so. And when you get busy, sometimes it's hard to, um, to stay on top of it. I personally am not the best at hydrating. I forget. I'm just busy with my kids and that sort of thing as well. And so, um, Staying on top of that will help. And especially as you approach a race, sometimes you get so stressed out and busy getting all your stuff together and traveling and all of that. And even traveling dehydrates you, especially if you're flying or if you're going up in altitude. We talked about that. Um, hydration can, can take a backseat. So staying on top of that will help this late in the season. Mm. And then the last one is knowing when to back off. Um, and this goes for knowing when to back off on achieving a race weight. That's one of the hardest things because that is something that I do help with the most is um, training, you know, optimizing performance while trying to lose weight. And that's, you know, one of those things that people hire me for. And that's one of those things where I see the most damage and I am trying to minimize the damage because I know people are going to try to do that regardless. Um, and I don't blame them. I'm, I'm all for strength to weight ratio. You know, that is huge. Um, and people generally, as long as they're not damaging their body too much, will see improvements whenever they lose fat. Um, but if you get to a point where you are no longer seeing performance improvements, and in fact, you're seeing that decline as well, um, you need to back off on trying to achieve race weight during the season. And that might be just adding back in more food and seeing what happens with weight. Weight is one of those silly, tricky things that is not predictable. You usually can be affected by a lot of stuff. And that's another thing. As you're, if you're looking at your weight, know that it's going to fluctuate with your hydration status. It's going to fluctuate with your recovery status because as you give your body carbs back into your muscles, they're heavy. Glycogen is heavy. Um, so if you're looking at that, know when to back off and say, okay, I'm just going to nourish myself for this race and see what happens. Know when to back off on training. That definitely is not my, you know, I'm not an expert there. But the whole training smart rather than just training hard all the time, you know, has a huge effect this late in the in the summer. Um, know when to back off on racing. You know, usually you have your priority races and, and that aren't a huge priority. Sometimes it's worthwhile to not maybe do one of the lower priority ones and just give yourself a break, especially if it's been weekend after weekend after weekend. It's hard for your body to maintain, obviously, um, that sort of intensity all the time. Um, the other thing as far as backing off in training, do what you can to avoid the heat of the day. And, and that sometimes that means altering training and backing off on training and just kind of that exposure to high heat and dehydration that definitely can take a toll. Um, and we're about to do a podcast about, um, managing training in, in heat. So, um, listen for that one as well, but just kind of have that sense of, you know, you've probably got your foundation down knowing when to back off, when to just kind of think of it as nourishing your body and, um, giving yourself a break every now and then. I think so. that's fair enough. Easy. Yeah. Not easy, but I mean, <laughs> you get, you, yeah. you know, Mentally, you're going through yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. Yep. So, any questions, Ben, that you have? Uh, no, I think it's pretty straightforward. I think from a, a listener's perspective, I think it's pretty uh, – some of the stuff, sometimes, I mean, you know what to do a lot of times. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Some of the, yeah. Sometimes it's common sense like, hey, you know, don't bury myself. But 
you need right. somebody outside like you to tell them, hey, this is one of the five things you really need to focus on. Yep. So, yeah. And, you know, it's easy to think these things, but it's it's hard to back off. You don't want to, um, you know, undo all your training. I get that. Um, it's hard to stay on top of all these things. It's one more thing. And it's not easy. You know, it's not easy to, to maintain good nutrition. I know it's not. It takes a lot of preparation, a lot of time, money. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah. That right. uh, so wraps it up. What, uh, how, tell people how they get a hold of you again. Yeah, a few ways. Um, Kelly, K E L L I, at Apex Nutrition LLC is my email. And of course, you'll find that on my website. So, Apex Nutrition LLC is my website. I'm um, active on Facebook, and that's at, um, if you type in Apex Nutrition, I'm there. And then also on Twitter, I'm Fuel Right, is my handle. So, you can find me lots of places. Shoot me an email and uh, questions, or you can get set up with a plan. Yes, and make sure to check the show notes. We've had some people, um, you can get, uh, if you just click on the, my point is, go to the show notes, you click on the link uh, to buy anything from Kelly, uh, it helps both of us out. <laughs> and we've yeah. had some people buying the plan, so I appreciate you going yes, through there. Um, and uh, they'll do it. So thank you, Kelly. Yep. Thank you, Ben. Yes. And everyone stay tuned. Uh, we got a couple, uh, the next episode, uh, will be good as usual. We'll put it that way. So, all right. Thank you listeners. Thank you, Kelly again. And, yep. uh, we'll talk to you, uh, the next episode of the apex nutrition podcast on mountain bike radio. <laughs>